0: Black Podcast.
1: Where we talk all things classical music and being black in the profession.
0: With trap beats playing in the background. Uh, go in. Hello. If you in Germany, let us know how y'all say hey. Cause that's that's what I have been saying for the past year. And
1: I'm sure
0: half. it's not that because <laughs> is good. So sound good to me. Go in it's it's
1: literally good
0: so <laughs> wait jankuye is polish danka danke Jean,
1: yeah all that thank you
0: what's it called it's so hard to me german yeah like i tried learning for like a week and i was like mm, i don't know about this
1: that's so funny because it's supposed to be one of the easiest uh languages for english speakers to learn
0: that's what I heard. But I think because, like, I, I was so into French by then. It mm-hmm. was just, it wasn't. You
1: know. Yeah, but French yeah. is all cursive and everything together.
0: French is just so fun to say. Like It's all smooth and nasally. I like French. Mm-hmm. I miss French. I was thinking about that the other day. Because I was listening to, I try to keep. I, I try to keep it sharp, like at least like once twice a month. I watch this content creator who lives in Paris. I'll be watching her vlogs, and it helps because like obviously she's doing stuff too. But and I was watching her vlog the other week, and I was like, last week, and I was like, dang, I miss French. But there's only so many hours in a day, really. <laughs> <laughs> like, and every every um every week is a new meeting, so it is. So we move. Where you got news?
1: Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> um okay, keeping it cute with the news, like we said we would. Um Apple Music is keeping up with the trend of being interested in classical music, apparently. Um, they recently acquired a Swedish uh record label called i don't know if it's bis or bis records Mm -hmm. apparently it's a a pretty major label but i mean of course i don't really be keeping up with classical music labels at least within within classical music it is Mm -hmm. um so if y'all remember they launched apple music classical which i can't believe i did not be over there like i'm
0: surprised because you reviewed it and stuff like i thought she was, was gonna be your new little thing
1: well, that's the thing. I think part of it was, like, me seeing, like, do we need this app? Is it, mm-hmm. like, is how good is it? Like, all that type of stuff. And I was like, well, I guess that's my answer because I completely forgot about it after <laughs> I put that video out. And, like, I was like, literally, what app is this? I was like, oh.
0: But I'm also wondering, like, is it because, well, you will tell me, but is it because you don't find a use for it? Is it because it's so many apps? It's like, how many apps you know what I'm trying to say, yeah. like when people, like when when Twitter people were leaving Twitter, and everyone was like, "Am I going to no blue sky? Am I going to no spill? Like, am I trying to learn no new app? Like, because there's so many apps out, you
1: know?" Yeah, and I, I mean, I had the speculation from the beginning that I don't listen to classical music enough to need an app like this. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be interested to hear from somebody that does because I'm just like, how much you got to listen to it to need something like this? I wonder. Like, especially because you already listening to music, and now you switch over. Like, of course your library yeah. it syncs up, so it will be in the app. But like, there's just so many dysfunctional things. Like, if you don't have a listening history. I don't think they've fixed that, or I don't know if it's something that they feel like needs to be fixed. I think it is because if I just listen to something, I might want to go back and listen to it again, and maybe I don't remember what recording I listened to. So that i want hmm. to see my history but
0: does it sync both ways i think i bongos in the um
1: no oh no. it's just whatever you do with classical okay asshole music <laughs> apple music uh classical whatever you add to your library i will say mm. i don't think your your history and stuff like that syncs although it will go like on your home page where it has like you recently played like that will um sync up across the apps, but, um, yeah, so this comes off of, uh, the record label just recently, um, turning 50, so a big milestone for them, um, there's some speculation about why they might be buying, um, this record label, Some of it, I feel like people have been saying it's, like, them trying to acquire, like, music rights. It's a little difficult, but classical music is a little weird because, obviously, compositions are... A lot of the compositions um, of the most popular classical music are in the public domain. But to own recordings, I guess, like, anything they own, of course, Apple can... Is probably just going to use like mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and I was reading this one article about how it was kind of like some people are seeing it as a dangerous precedent. Of like, I mean, it's, it's not a new concept for tech companies to be investing in music, but like, obviously, for example, you hear like on the streaming platforms, like people artists are getting paid pennies and if streaming companies buy music then artists don't they don't have to pay artists anything uh, Mm -hmm. outside of whatever their record contract is which most people are not if you take an advance on a record contract you're probably not seeing any more money after that because you're gonna be Mm -hmm. paying off your advance for the rest of your life so um yeah I don't know what's going on with that I mean I wonder what what the sudden interest in classical music is
0: um maybe know something we don't know
1: right that's why I'm so worried that's why I'm trying to cause I'm like hmm interesting yeah. um what else speaking of classical music um there's an interesting recording coming out in a little while uh, from the royal scottish national orchestra um conducted by uh kellen gray i don't know if he's been in black excellence before but maybe he will be
0: soon kellen, i feel like kellen was at the um he was at splitter last year
1: oh cool mm-hmm. um this is going to be their second installment of their series African American Voices, which um, is going to feature some landmark um, orchestral pieces and some of them being the first commercial recordings of those pieces. So it's going to be including Margaret Bond's Montgomery Variations, Ulysses K's, uh Concerto for Orchestra and Coleridge Taylor Perkinson's Worship, a Concert Overture. Um, and those are gonna be coming out on um mm. October thirteenth on digital and if you'd like a CD October twentieth. Um, their first installment of the series African American Voices um featured William Levi Dolphin Dolphin. You hear me? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I'm just kidding. William Levi Dolphin is crazy. William Levi Dawson's Legal Negro folks. Okay, they said they literally rhyme. No, nah, not I'm too much. Yeah,
0: I was about to say, not too much. <laughs> okay, but to be to be fair, to be fair, first of all, I can't really talk to nobody about speaking clearly, so I will say that. on, when my told Tyler to speak clearly, he was like, "Now, nah, KB." I said, "Whoa, <laughs> whoa, my hands are up, flag on the play, stop the count." <laughs> um, but to be fair with the marsupial thing. I was trying to win a game. You know what I'm saying? Like you gotta do what you gotta do. You gonna tell what? What you gonna tell? What you gonna tell? You gonna tell Coco golf she can't do what she gotta do the oh win?
1: Oh my gosh! So girl, that's
0: what I'm fin- gonna That's go, what I'm gonna say.
1: Goodbye. First of I, all, listen, first of all, Coco do. wins Fair and Square. She don't need to do another dirty. Tricks. I want Fair and
0: Square. Fair and oval. What? We, what? It okay.
1: Was fair. Yep. Quite oval. <laughs> anyway, William Levi Dawson's. Negro Folk Symphony, William Grant Steele's uh, First Symphony, and George Walker's Lyric for Strings. Those were all on the first um, recording. So, if you want to, oh, they have an album trailer. Okay, let me remember to link that. Um, so y'all can learn more about the upcoming album. And shout out to them for recording these pieces. Yeah
0: i be getting album release stuff to my Katie makes a vegan account. I wonder what that's about.
1: You get what?
0: I get album. Like what's it called? P like press.
1: Oh, uh, it's really wait, for what type of music
0: for classical music.
1: Oh, uh, they probably, cause they know you They the PR people. What sometimes like, I get stuff from, to my personal. Oh, okay. Cause they probably know. Okay. Katie Brown, she's a black. But, like,
0: but not my cat. I mean, to be fair, like my, Primary email. My pri- I mean, it doesn't matter.
1: But, yeah. I mean, they just trying to reach you.
0: Yeah, come about to say my my primary email is not public. I don't think.
1: I don't know how mine is. I don't think it is. Or maybe it's on my Instagram. Oh, you know what? No, it's on my YouTube.
0: Like your the, your everyday mailbox.
1: Yeah, I mean, I have several mm-hmm. mailboxes, mm-hmm. so I'm just I'm not making another.
0: You. I mean I, I have a primary one but K makes me I don't use it for anything so I'm gonna
1: be like what? Especially cause my, my YouTube is my name so mm-hmm. like, yeah. I wouldn't have anything else to change it to yeah if I got a website then I would do maybe like a a new one based on that but mm-hmm. yeah but I mean I get stuff I also get, get some stuff that has nothing to do with this and some classical music stuff where I'm like I know that they they just send it out to their whole contact list cause some things I'm like now nah, you know dang well we're not coming to <laughs> <laughs> we like,
0: should compare lists cause I, I got I think I've gotten like four this week so far
1: not a not a speck of melanin it's like you thought we was finna okay
0: yeah some of them are that <laughs> um but I was like okay y'all think I saw somebody okay press release <laughs> um but okay moving on so I was down to the Twitter um I realized that I never stopped calling it Twitter and I heard and um, <laughs> I didn't realize until I was watching the TikTok yesterday and this guy like this professor at Drake University he polls his incoming students to see like how they're using social media and like just and like 18 year olds are still using Facebook primarily for family I thought that was interesting they're still using Snapchat which I forgot about Snapchat Shane uses Snapchat um, And stuff like that And he said X slash Twitter I said what? I was like oh yeah And I click on that X every day <laughs> I like, oh, Mine still
1: hasn't up? changed
0: What?
1: My, it updated automatically on my laptop Which I was like ugh But on my phone it hasn't changed I accidentally clicked the update button when I was updating my apps Because I do it manually And I turned my phone off Because I was like <laughs> <laughs> I still got my little bird So
0: there's a way that I, I bookmarked it, but I'll, I'm sure I won't. There's a way that you can change the icon. But I'm like, I'm just not that savvy, not that pressed. Um, so I saw a tweet or a post.
1: Oh, God. I Some saying.
0: And it's so messy because, and so poorly done. You're literally a billionaire. You could have done this well. When you go online and you look up something, like say like you look up Coco Golf. People who tweeted about her, it will say Twitter underneath the thing on Google. Just
1: what? And like, I remember when they do the polls, it will be like, we're trying to make X better. And then it'll be like Twitter.survey.com. It's like,
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm hoping it just, I'm hoping he gives up. So I saw a tweet that said, what are 10 artists to get to know me? And I thought it'd be cute. So we already know, like, is it classically black? Yes. Is it classical music? A Jace? Also, yes. So just manage your expectations if you're new here. And if you're not, then we move. All right. So let's let's skip the whole should we go back and forth? Less <laughs> you go first, I'll follow. And I'll make a playlist. I don't know how we can do this. Like maybe we could pick like because I wanna get I wanna get the girls like involved with us. So actually I don't know if I'm I'm not gonna promise a playlist yet. But there's going to be something on our Instagram. Something. I think we should get the girls to interact with us. So. Who's your first artist?
1: That's so funny. Because you know. Remember I told you. We have a Classically Black playlist. Mm-hmm. That we made like years ago. And I completely forgot about it. I was like. Oh, people add stuff to this. Oh, really? That, yeah.
0: That's cute. Okay. Maybe we'll add. like your favorite, Add your favorite song right now. At the moment. I know Libra. Yo. Throat is dried up. But. At the moment. I'm wrong? Favorite song from this artist at the moment to that playlist? Uh, we'll see. Nope. No, we'll see. Lots of time between now and Monday.
1: Um. Okay, so these are no particular or Yeah, I will say that as
0: well. No.
1: Fear. I was going to just do Stevie Wonder as my first one since this is the one everybody knows.
0: I probably guess. I mean, we could really knock some of these out. Do you have... I'm across some of these. Do you have Fred Hammond on yours? I do. Okay, I got Fred Hammond. Do you have uh, Kirk Franklin on yours? I do. Okay, I will not say. Do you have Beyonce on yours? I do. Okay. <laughs> um, do you have Donnie McClarkin on yours? I do not. Okay, so I'll save Donnie McClurkin. Donnie McClurkin is my second one. Good. So we can we knocked out three of them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll see your next one.
1: My next one is Jasmine Sullivan.
0: I almost picked her. I just don't listen to her that much. But, like, every time she comes on my liked, what's it called? Like, Spotify does a liked playlist. I'm like, mm. oh, your voice is just.
1: I know. And I was incredible. listening to Jasmine Sullivan since her debut. That's the thing. Oh, like, for real? Yeah. Used to hurt. In the car, The fearless CD used to go up. So. I need to listen to her more.
0: Um, My next one is Jonathan McReynolds. Now, I will be honest that I don't know a lot of his catalog i realized this when i was talking to mari a couple days ago however he has a song called god is good that has me in a continuous show like that song is so beautiful it's so gorgeous it's like what, i i can't overstate it i think isbm we first launched we did a video series of like our top artists i think i talked about this song like i just cannot yeah, he really did mm. his big one. I want to get to know more of his music, so he's on my list Um when I'm in my music era. Mm-hmm. So I will do
1: that. Okay. Speaking of songs that are beautiful and gorgeous, my next one is Ice Spice. <laughs> <laughs> She's shaking yeah. like jelly.
0: And then Nelly. I love Ice Spice.
1: I do, too. I do, I need too. To,
0: I need to dig into her stuff more because I, like... I want to I want to learn more the intricacies of like the because I heard one song of hers and I heard another one back to back I'm like those sound similar obviously they're not I'll, her herself does not all sound the same I'm not trying to say that but I just need to like enjoy her more
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, as an artist but I added Deli to my and that's just a vibe every time yeah. I enjoy
1: yeah, I love you so ice Spice I think her music I, I finally pinpointed it her music is how I wish Sweetie's music made me feel mm. Because of the vibe, like, you know, yeah. just being pretty and echelon, like whatever. But her music is more of a hit for me
0: mm-hmm.
1: um than Sweetie's is. But yeah. yeah, I haven't. Does Sweetie even make music anymore? She came, she says, and had a debut album. She came out with another EP, which I avoided listening to for a long time because I was afraid I wouldn't like it. Mm. Oh. I mean, there there was one song that, I, like, it came up in my, like, shuffle. And I was like, okay, I think I added maybe two songs on my playlist. Um, but, yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't even think I even have a Sweetie song on my playlist. I haven't Sweetie since her debut, to be honest. Yeah. Um, my next one. Oh, sorry, what? Nothing. My next one is Buju Bantan, deep cut Jamaican artist. really enjoy him. When I'm in my Jamaican era Especially like Does my fish stress me out? Absolutely But is anything Beat Bumping Reggae Cruising down popular Windows down It's like 85 degrees I can't say anything beats that for me At this <laughs> current uh, point in time So when I'm in my Jamaican era Which happens about Two to three times a week um, He gives me a lot of joy
1: Period My next one is Usher because, I mean,
0: yeah. Like when, when I first met you, that, what what record was, not record, what uh album was that?
1: I was Confessions. Confessions is an album I couldn't
0: continuously on the car. Like, stare
1: at a wall and listen to <laughs> Confessions. <laughs> like,
0: I, when I first met Delaney, that's all she would play in the car, that and Beethoven Nine. I said, "Get do your thing, okay? Like, I just met her. I was like, okay.
1: Well, that's also because I didn't start streaming music until a little over a year ago and so i and i can't i couldn't afford to buy everything those were things that i bought i remember i bought confessions i bought basically a nine the particular recording that i liked. there's a couple other things that i bought but if i was just playing in the car and i couldn't do pandora and like skip stuff and like all that then i would just put on music that i owned i see
0: makes sense that's live in rochester everything's 20 minutes away um, my next one is Cardi B. I love Belle Calise. I feel like, I think honestly getting to, uh, know me is Cardi B. I love everything about Cardi B. I think she's fun. I think she's smart. Um, I like that she's always been herself and she's just naturally funny. And she, like, I know the girls, but like, I know there was like that whole controversy a couple of years ago when that, uh M U A was like trying to say like, oh, Cardi was so mean and da 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 and I just feel like people are allowed to have bad days. I don't think you should be mean to the people who are helping you. But Cardi just people speak about people her peers also speak highly of her. So and I just love that she's experiencing all the success and that people clowned her and now she's rich and fun and that's my role. Okay, that's my role.
1: Period. Um, my next one is Kingdom, with an E K E N, J D O M. who's a rapper, who's also my cousin. That's um, cute! <laughs> who, whose music I really like, and it's like, of course, he's my cousin, I will support him regardless of whether or not I liked his music, but I also would not go for his music as much as I did if I didn't actually like it. So, (laughs) you know, like I might put it on my story or something like that, and be like, "Oh," but like I'd be telling people about his music, and it's actually like for the times that I've had, like you know, when at the end of the year when it's like wrap up, like his music be on my stuff because I actually listen to it. So, I like that, Um, and I like. I feel like we have similar. Like, you can tell his music is he's a rapper, but his he also sings, which I didn't know and. Somebody else is singing right now, too. My dogs. So, if y'all can hear that. But, um. Oh, I can't hear them. Oh. Okay. Hmm. Well, what's his name? One of them turned 13 yesterday. So, maybe his lungs are. No, I'm just playing. Um, you should have seen the whole ordeal it took to get the birthday hat on. He did not want nothing on his head.
0: Sting? Don't make this about you.
1: <laughs> um. And yeah, I feel like he has a lot of like old school influences to his music. But yeah, I really like his stuff.
0: Cool. Um, my next one is Adolphus Stork. I always talk about Hell Stork. I have a published work talking about Hellstork stuff. I play his stuff.
1: Wow, come on. That's publish. It.
0: I, normally I would, I would play that down but like one of my goals before graduating Eastman was to publish a scholarly work I did it after I graduated but like that's a, a huge accomplishment uh, for me so normally I'll be like anyway but not like very happy with that
1: come on publish author
0: also also that whole I, I played that piece the best time I played that piece with Pol- uh, Poland Bay like such a good pianist, so
1: you know what that could be a good story for Classic Black After Dark.
0: It would be, but also, yeah. Ugh, I mean, I would I don't know, cause y'all gonna be like, "Wow, Katie, girl." But I feel like, yeah, I will share that story. I, it's not bad. It's just like, and also, I have to. I read a book.
1: So you can't downplay week. it. We need people to be on a Patreon. It's
0: crazy, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I read a book this week. I have like t- I owe my, some of my friends. An apology because I, re- I finished this book this week, and I said I would not read anymore her writing, because that I lady. Can- no, I love Kennedy Ryan. Aww. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Kennedy Ryan is good, but I feel bad. Jasmine Gilroy, like her, her care, it was just, her writing's just not for me. I read two of her books. It's just, but the 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 woman lead in this last book like. Does he like me? Does he really I'm just like girl I just got like she's so annoying. Like that character was so annoying, so I gotta talk to my friends about that offline, of course. Just you know. Just, just a little talking to apologize for that. Okay. Your next one?
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we are staring at you. Um,
0: okay, that's not too much. That's why I don't like apologizing to people because you really could just be like, okay, I accept your apology. No, it's like, I told you that.
1: No, I meant just like I was just not paying attention. Oh, okay. Um, my next one is Draco the Ruler, R.I.P. um mm-hmm. Yeah, he's an L.A. rapper. His sounds we in L.A., which.
0: Y'all be fighting for y'all lives over there because nobody be on your side.
1: Okay, too much. Yeah, a lot of people don't be on our side. So, it's fine. Because Somebody was like, Only LA, <laughs> I don't like LA rap. I'm like, Okay, y'all can really go to hell. Because, first of all, there's a lot of big rappers from LA Tyler Creator is from LA, Kendrick Lamar is from LA. Like, let's not do too much.
0: Is it Nipsey from LA?
1: Nipsey's from LA. I love Nipsey, so I wouldn't do too much on us. There was somebody else, somebody else pretty big. This is not who I was thinking of, but Tyga's from LA,
0: Blueface. I feel like blueface when y'all start that's, getting dragged. I was
1: about to say blueface is not in the. I'm talking about like people that yeah, people like. like. When you,
0: I noticed like the fight for air started. I didn't notice that. I didn't notice the, the. I want to say controversy, but I didn't notice the discussion around LA rappers until blueface, mm-hmm.
1: um,
0: and that's when I started hearing other, and I was like, oh, it's how y'all do it.
1: Okay. No, and also. A, the West Coast, because I remember I played you that early E Forty oh. song, and your face was like, "What? <laughs> <laughs> the he- Oh YG, people like YG. I love YG. Exactly, the game. See, no, I love too the much. game. See, nothing. Okay. Oh yeah, does Snoop Dogg? Like okay. we have a lot of we got a big, right? Roddy Rich, although people okay. saying he fell off, but I don't think he did. I mean, I don't know you from LA like listen not like, a I
0: got one or two right which songs on my stuff
1: so you know we're a couple of really big people yeah.
0: okay yeah. my next one is Bartok just because mm. that's my story right now um so I've never been a lover or a hater of Bartok's music um I like his strings chill percussion because it's hard and I like I like excerpts that are puzzles like I like the finger pattern I I don't know I don't explain it I like that um piece but just because like his little concertos is kind of my thing right now so if you want to get to know me that's what I'm working on do you have one more
1: I do have one more okay um, I know. First, I was trying to get into a composer. Yes, I am. Um, not a classical one. Um, well, actually, I think he he's done classical music before. Um, but my last one is of course Emmanuel Wilkins, who I love so. It's my man in my head, but um yeah I just find like I just remember I've never been so he's a jazz saxophonist and a composer and I've never I've never disliked jazz It's never been my thing also partly probably because it was forced upon me so much as a bass player like the whole like how you you bass player you black you don't play jazz all this type of stuff and I just don't think I have an affinity for playing jazz like honestly jazz bass players fascinate me because I'm like how are you doing it like <laughs>
0: I'm thinking
1: be moving, baby. it's crazy to me like I'm like, yeah. I do not think I can do that like like maybe I, it's crazy to watch like just physically and also just like the way like I don't know, like I just my brain don't work that way, like it's crazy to me, so yeah i I was a lot of my interactions with jazz, I mean my mom would go to a lot of jazz concerts, so like I did have positive interactions with it, but some of it was like, you're going to jazz camp and <laughs> <or> like <laughs> and you're gonna be mad the whole time, but when I heard his music I was just like, oh my gosh so um and his music is like a lot of it's just listen to it just listen to it and like, listen to an interview because he know what you doing. okay, my last one
0: is headbird in charge of the girls and it's drake i'm so sorry i love drake i am i am i disappointed in drake constantly yes however also more recently where is the album that's the the, like you did all that talking you do all your little weird where's the album that you promised us like
1: i heard that i just read something i think it might have been this morning or last night that he's releasing a single this friday
0: well, I, I believe when I see it because he lied to us. Like, literally, I went. I woke up. I was like, "Oh, right." He released the album. Like, I think two two weeks ago. At this point, I went. Um, nothing. I was like, "Oh, I felt this feeling before when I went to his YouTube like, channel." Um, she didn't hear that, so y'all heard it though.
1: Oh, I just realized what you said. <laughs>
0: So yeah, but so I it. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'm sorry. And also I think like when I first started listening to Drake, Drake was one of the first, first started listening to like secular stuff. Drake was like one of my first artists. He's good. And I think his lyrics are good. And I think the girls who, you're just weird if you don't think that. So now if you don't like Drake, I understand. Of- yeah,
1: no. Cause when he, when he's on the radar, uh, f- freestyle with central c dropped and somebody was like i know we get caught up in drake's antics but like this is not normal it's like not, and it's like it's not normal like <laughs> it's
0: not it's, it's like, freaking
1: incredible like
0: <laughs> really good it's just really good like <laughs> <laughs> wow and i think that's and, and similar to um the baby until it gets so much that it's just like i can no longer support this Um, but, I don't know, just a really great lyricist, really, like,
1: really good at using words. Yeah, just, Uh like, Drake is phenomenal, so.
0: (laughs) Hey, y'all, do you want to join the most exclusive classical music club in the game? The Ebony Tower has all the antics and tomfoolery of a regular Classically Black episode, but exclusive. Exclusive. We got video, we got polls, we got classically black after dark. That's coming soon, y'all. We got Patron, we got feet,
1: we got titties. Okay, we don't got none of that, but you can join us on Patreon, aka The Ebony Tower, at patreon.com slash ClassicallyBlackPodcast for intermission polls, video episodes, live streams, and more exclusive content. We have multiple affordable tiers, or you can pledge an amount if you're choosing. So if you want all of that, you can join us at patreon.com slash ClassicallyBlackPodcast.
0: Okay, so speaking of antics, Florida is constantly in the news for um, a variety of reasons that gets more and more alarming every day because what if the wins the presidency? like it could happen. I mean, you know what? Let me not talk my let me not talk out of my butt. I don't know because I said I was gonna watch the Republican debate. I just haven't had enough willpower to actually. Cut that on because I want to say I want when I'm against I wanna, I want to be able to pull reasons as to why this is ridiculous. But I I did watch a review from a content creator that I that be going to White House correspondent stuff and it's not looking good, y'all. It's not looking good. But when how is it ever since 2016, um, so one of the many reasons, one of the many Morris things is that 16,
1: 19,
0: so yeah, that too. So. <laughs> i was watching uh, a george bush interview yesterday because it was 9-11 oh and i just kind of like sighed to myself i was like i cannot believe we really thought like that that was bad It was gonna get it. like um somebody told me like when they watched him get elected the second time like they they cried like um bawled and um oh you know who this is because um I won't say it here just in case just in case that was a personal story because he he's told me personally but like after Trump got elected like that following day like there was no class um so I was like yeah <laughs> I I do not I do not um I've learned to not expect that it can't get worse <laughs> this after that seems bleak, but also it's the, the universe—the idea of entropy—that leans towards chaos. Anyway, um, one of the reasons that Desantis was in the news is because of the AP African American Studies course was banned in the state of Florida, along with AP Psychology, which I don't know why that was. Outside of like self awareness, like okay, that's not the
1: anything. Digital that will give mm-hmm. knowledge
0: <laughs> literally anything that requires independent thought because it just goes to so like so a lot of y'all are just like very dumb like a lot mm-hmm. of important people are very dumb which is very alarming it's very because alar- like okay we'll get, we'll get
1: to some of that stuff. i was about to say but also some of them are it's the, the exact mm-hmm. opposite like the strategy that they're doing like yeah. they know especially like learning i don't know i don't know what you learn at ap psych but like I mean, that might also give you a better grasp on identifying the ways that politicians manipulate people. I feel like I maybe this.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, you made a good point. Like, I don't think the census is dumb, actually. I think I should take that back. I think <clears throat> he knows exactly what he's doing. I think he knows how to present it to the public to make it sound one way. But then, beyond behind the scenes, like he's like literally a mastermind because he'll say like <clears throat> the African American studies course, like it's critical race theory and all that stuff. He knows it's not, but he knows like what to say to garner enough outrage, and he knows that they,
1: his constituents, don't know even know what critical <clears throat> race theory is. Yeah. So yeah, it's just a mess. It's, a it's, it's mess. literally
0: a mess, and it's actually terrifying. I don't. I took AP Psych in the fall of. 2010. So I don't. I mean, the the 2010 2020 2011 school years. So I don't remember much. <clears throat> but I'm just like, what are you so? What is so? I don't. There's nothing in that class. You literally learn. I made a brain out of cake. You know what I mean? For extra credit, like, you learn about different. You learn about how the brain works. You learn about Pavlov's dog. you Make a brain out of cake. Take the course, like. Psych is one of those courses, I mean take the test Like APSAC is one of those courses that people want to take an AP class and it's like, no AP class is easy but it's on like the easier side like it's not AP BC stats or BC calc you know, it's <clears throat> you know <clears throat> anyways, all this AP AP, AP, so if you don't know what AP is especially like for people who are listening to us and you're not in America AP stands for Advanced Placement it is a upper level high school course that is optional I you to keep that in mind um no one makes you take an AP class it is literally not mandatory ever <clears throat> in any state it never will be and um it's, it's you you can get college placement but I feel like it's kind of when looking back it's not an advised way to get college placement because you have the whole goal of the AP class is objectively take the AP test and really to get college credit you need like a five <laughs> and the girls are not Typically getting five, so, but it's a good way to raise your GPA, which is the highest score. Yeah, it's a like you think like oh I'm gonna take this class, um I'm gonna get a four. I think I got one four on the AP test. I never I didn't get college credit because like, it just doesn't really help. The best way to get college credit is to take a college level class. Um, but it's a great way to raise your GPA. Also, I think my best development as a writer, as a thinker, came out of AP classes because it's really like a survey class of a college of a college level course. Like if you were to think like, like if you're taking AP chem, you're looking at like general chemistry one mm, mm, about that. So um, you have to, it's like something like you look beyond the surface of material where it's like, maybe like a honors class will ask you like, um, <clears throat> how did the transatlantic slave trade affect those who are being enslaved? Like an honors class might ask you that. An AP class will ask you, how how does the how did the transatlantic slave trade affect Black Gen Z? So it's like something that's way more like overreaching and this requires a like deeper thought. I'm not saying that honors and regular students are not. I feel like that's in, that's goes without saying, but just in case. Um, <clears throat> so I, I already mentioned that AP is not um, required. It's supposed to foster an open minded approach. To thinking it opposes indoctrine, indoctrination, like it literally like that's the whole point. So as an AP student, you could take you literally could take this whole entire African-American studies course. And when writing your essay about why did how did the transatlantic slave trade affect Black Gen Z, you could say it didn't and here's why you can you can say after taking all the courses after reading all the materials after doing everything and you can as long as you can as long as you can cite because that's a whole point which is why like um it's just scary what's happening out there in the streets because it's like I feel like this should not even be a skill that taking AP to teach you this should just be a general skill like if you can back up something with knowledge that is like from a reliable source from a a reliable source i think i said that twice um you can say no it, it didn't have any effects on on black gen z and here's why it's not supposed to be like oh we're like to freedom it's not supposed to be none of that And and any course ap uh human geography ap us ap any none none of those courses are meant for that it's supposed to foster um open thought so i'm gonna um oh and also one more thing before I move on an AP course must be taught in full it must every single thing must be must be taught by the curriculum how teachers decide to do this they have recommended sources and how can you do this you want to do think pair share where like you think on your own excuse me and then you work with a partner and then you share out to the class like you can do like techniques like that but at the end of the day, you, there are still things that you must cover or you, a, a school cannot say I'm teaching AP African-American studies because you can't pick and choose what you want to use and what you don't want to do. It's like where like as for me, like an orchestra, I could be like if my if my beginners don't get to hook Boeing by the end of the school year, then they don't get to hook bowing by the end of school year. Uh, just for uh, contrast. Okay, so I'm gonna to talk through uh some of these course goals because I can see why the girls are mad if you hear them. Um so some of the course goals for African American AP African American Studies apply lenses to multiple disciplines and to evaluate key concepts, historical developments and process processes that have shaped black experiences and debates within the field of African-American studies to identify connections between black communities in the United States and to the broader African diaspora in the past and present, to compare and analyze a range of perspectives about the movements, approaches, organizations, and key figures involved in freedom movements as expressed in text-based data and, visual sources to demonstrate understanding of the diversity and complexity of African societies and their global connections before the emergence of transatlantic slavery, to evaluate the political, historical, aesthetic, and transnational context of major social movements, to develop a broad understanding of the many strategies African-American communities have employed to represent themselves authentically, promote advancement, and to combat the effects of inequality and to identify major themes that inform literary and artistic traditions of the African diaspora. So when, um, okay, I'll skip that. But when DeSantis like, they hit Santos and his crew, looked through the stuff, and he was like, "Oh, see, yeah, we don't know." Here's some of the things that they that they pulled out. First of all, this is a, like a terribly it's a, a terrible document. Um, namely the fact that, like, they didn't even care enough to, like, proofread this. So, like, K- Kimberly, um, Cramshaw's name, for example, Kimberly has an accent, a grav, um, a goo over her, the last E in her name is not there. Bell Hook's name is not lowercase. Like, it's just, like... It's a lack of respect, too. Yeah, like, blatant lack of respect. Um, some of the stuff, some of the concerns... Um, that DeSantis, I'm not gonna say all of them because I don't want to vomit, but one of them is like including Black queer studies. He thinks it's indoctrination. Like, what does it have to do with African American oh history? That's what I'm talking. I feel like I c- that's one of the things I can't tell if DeSantis is actually stupid or if he knows that Black queer people are so important to our history. And but I know I can say this thing. Like, I can't. <laughs> that's one of the ones I was like, mm, that could be on the fence. Um including people like angela davis's readings and i think that's really important to say because like as i said earlier you can use whatever materials you want to use uh for the most part a teacher does not have to use readings from angela davis the more important thing is that the concept is covered so that one it stays in line with ap ap's guidelines and two that the students are ready for the test it doesn't the if you like if you ever took a class like ever like ever you would know the materials supplement and help uh, support the concept to be learned. When you learn one plus one, you don't just move on. Okay, let's one plus one apples. Let's one plus one trucks. Like the the trucks aren't an indoctrination to become a garbage truck driver. They're just to help you learn one plus one is two. Um. So I will. The the reason why we're talking about this is I wanted to see like I was so fascinated about this. I was talking to Delaney about like how um i would eat this class up if i was in high school mm-hmm. and we're gonna talk about how like since it's so um exhaustive like it's very thorough and i was actually a c- kind of proud because when you look at the committee to create this um curriculum uh Kamasi Hill is on was on the committee he is a teacher at Everton Township High School go wild kids that's why I went to high school I never took a class with him because I wanted to take there is an African-American study because when you get your sophomore and junior years no whatever your sophomore year you could you could pick what history you want to take there's like Latin American history, there's Asian, Amer- Asian history, I don't think it's Asian American, There's like, there's a whole bunch of different history, you could take European history, whatever you want to take, of course I'm gonna take the African American history, I think it could flip the orchestra, I, like it's, cr- like I couldn't take it, so I never met Kamasi Hill because he taught that class, and he did some other stuff, I did, we just never crossed paths, but I was just so proud, I said, yeah, Evanston, Illinois, yeah, and I would let the curriculum, because when I was like Doing a little bit research for this episode, like people were in the comments saying that, like when they read through the course, it's like this should be required for like everyone. Like it should just be required because like there's so much stuff that even skimming, trying to find how music comes up in this course, I was like, oh, I didn't even know about that, you know. Mm -hmm. But that's what we're talking about today. I'm gonna do the first half. Then going to the second half, the ways in which we saw music show up. In this AP course and maybe we'll dive deep into some of these concepts um later on because like I said like it's so exhaustive there's so much information here like they did such a good job I think it's been multiple Not think it's been multiple years in the making because I remember um this being a point of discussion online or something like that and it's just so exciting I'm so happy kids have this I mean not all kids but the ones who do have it I know it's at ETHS for sure um I I would love like let me going down to the local high school. Let me see if I can (laughs) audience. So, the course is broken up into four units. Um, The first time I see music come up is in unit two under a category uh, under a topic called label culture and economy. Um, So this talks about the learning objective here is to explain how the rise in um, cotton as a cash crop drove the growth of, uh, sorry. Am I the right thing? Am I the right thing? I'm off. Do, do, do. Ooh, be being ghetto. Hold on. I want to make sure I wrote the right page down. Did I? It should be right here. Yep. Okay. So the a learning objective here is to explain how the growth of the cotton industry in the US displaced enslaved African um, American families. And this is really annoying, I can't zoom in without changing the page. 104, write that down. Okay. So the first one is explain how slave labor systems enabled the formation of African American musical and linguistic practices so um it talks about the gang system and it says in the gang system enslaved laborers worked in groups from sunup to sundown under the watch of discipline of an overseer as they cultivated crops like cotton sugar and tobacco enslaved people working in gangs created work songs in english with syncopated rhythms to keep pace of work and it's something also um interesting below that which is not has doesn't have to do with music um was the was talking about like how like the Gullah the Gullah people like how they kind of came up with their language because they had a, a different system where they had it was more autonomous which I hate the use of that word in this context is, is crazy but nonetheless so they were able to kind of create their own language I thought I was about the lane when I saw that because um i was like cool okay the next one the next place i saw it was under the topic of faith and song among free and enslaved african um americans and this was cool because um it kind of touched on a topic we talked about uh before about um who sings negro spirituals and i thought this was like um a cool nod to that and uh alignment of our topics um so the learning objective here is to explain the multiple functions of the functions and significance of spirituals so it says, Music, musical and faith traditions combined in the U.S. in form of spirituals, the songs of slave people sang to articulate their hardships and their hopes. Enslaved people use spirituals to resist the dehumanizing conditions and just injustice of enslavement, express their creativity, and communicate strategic information such as plans to run away warnings and methods of escape the lyrics of spirituals often had double meanings these songs use biblical themes of redemption and deliverance to alert enslaved people to opportunities to run away via the underground railroad okay the next one is the very next one uh topic 2.12 says music art and creativity in african diasporic cultures I'm gonna go down to A3. Okay, so the learning objective here is to explain how African Americans combine influences from African cultures with local sources to develop new musical and artistic forms of self expression. And it says African Americans drew from varied African european and european influences in the construction of instruments such as the banjo drums and rattles from gourds in order to recreate instruments similar to those in west africa okay we move the next one topic 2.24 race to the promised land abolitionism and yep that's how you say that and the underground railroad (laughs) so this talked about uh, Harriet Tubman and it reminded me of that drunk history Crystal did like I I forgot that I haven't watched it in a while so I'm probably gonna watch it Uh, after this EK 2.24 C1 it's intricate Okay so it says Harry Tubman is one of the most well known Conductors of the Underground Rail- Railroad After fleeing enslavement Tubman returned to the south At least 19 times Leading about 80 enslaved African Americans to freedom She sang spirituals to alert enslaved people Of plans to leave period. The next time it shows You said
1: what? I said period That's why we, when we did that Negro Spiritual episode That's what we talking about
0: yeah it just makes it like when you see it like contextualized we were talking about it no we well we contextualize it but like in in the scheme in the grand scheme of like african-american history it's like maybe y'all shouldn't be saying no um okay so in topic 2.8 nope 2.28 says freedom days commemorating the ongoing struggle for freedom and the learning objective here is to explain why Juneteenth is historically and culturally significant uh, and this could be a little point of, the girls get a little <gasps> about this but um, mm. the earliest Juneteenth uh, celebrations included singing spirituals and wearing new clothing that symbolized newfound freedom along, uh, along with feasting and dancing at that time Juneteenth was also called Jubilee Day and Emancipation Day we have an episode on Juneteenth. I feel like recently. I don't know. I, I forgot to write the number down. Um, but it's somewhere. Um, when I find it, I'll link it. Um, where we talked about, I think, the first Juneteenth or maybe like. Well, not the first Juneteenth as a, as the show. But maybe after it became a national holiday. Something like that. Mm. We do the show every week. So... We move. Okay, topic 3.8 says uplift ideologies. And the learning objective here is to describe strategies for racial uplift for social advancement proposed by African-American writers, educators, and leaders at the turn of the 20th century. Um, and here it says African-American literature, poetry, and music, such as Lift Every Voice and Sing, encourage African-Americans to take pride in the heritage of and cultural achievements. James Weldon Johnson, a writer, lawyer, diplomat, and son of Bohemian immigrants, wrote the poem Lift Every Voice to Sing. His brother, J. Rosamond Johnson, set the poem to music and it became known as the Black National Anthem. The poem acknowledges past sufferings, encourages African Americans to feel proud of their resilience and achievements, and to celebrate hope for the future. We switching here. I'm doing one more.
1: Period. Okay. Um, okay, here our Negro National Anthem. You know they mad at that. So actually, and it, and it gives like, which I just actually watched that that documentary anthem on Hulu.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I tried to ask people on Twitter did anybody watch it. Mm-hmm. it nobody answered me, so. I guess people didn't watch it but it was that. it's like it's Chris Bowers and who's a film composer and Dahi who is um a producer mm-hmm. who's produced with a lot of really big name people and it's like them travelling across the country, like immersing themselves in different musical cultures with the hope of developing some sort of anthem that is more representative of America.
0: i I think i saw that i thought i was gonna watch it they're trying to make it because what are they trying to say they're trying to say like because like there's like christian themes in in the negro national anthem are they trying to make it more representative that way like representative what way
1: of the diversity of america at large
0: oh at oh yeah what you think about that
1: About the concept or the documentary?
0: The concept.
1: I mean, obviously, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> like obviously, that's that's so impossible, and I think they acknowledge that it's just like you know, there's only so much you can do because this just, you know, not everybody's gonna like it. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> um, but they, they had some interesting language around that too, like, what is accepted by versus made for sort of thing, mm-hmm. you know, because it was not going to be accepted by everyone, but yeah, maybe we should do a little thing because yeah, there was a, there's a few things that I won't get sidetracked on. Um, right now but um yeah okay so i'm gonna be doing some more of these some of the um the latter half um, of the course um yeah starting with hbcus and black education which is um one of the topics so some of the learning objectives of that is to describe the founding of historically black colleges and universities in the late 19th and early 20th centuries including the role that white philanthropists pe- played and i know they added that in there because i how people to- felt and i'm like here come get y'all juice like they said including the role that white philanthropists played. Hey, uh Play See I can't even get off my tongue
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to go to class that day Because I want to he- Like I just I was today years old Like not not today But um, I started a couple months ago I kept on stage Because I think he took his sons On a HBCU tour One of them must be applying to college And he's like You know these schools named the white people mm-hmm. I was like I did not know that I was like what I think
1: that was when I found out too I was like,
0: wow. Wow. And you know what's crazy? Like what well, that's why I said like this class would eat. Like, what's that? Did I write it down? That Morel Morel Act, it sounded familiar because like we spent like three days on on African American history and APUS. Um, it sounded familiar, but when the girls co- Congress passed this thing and they were like, You either like you have to show why that you are you are why you're not accepting black students into your colleges and the girls were like no we're not doing that and that same year or whatever like the result of that was like 18 or 19 new hbcus that's crazy like i said i was gonna go read more about that act like they were like let more black people in or show it like show us why they're not getting in and they're like no thank you they can have their own
1: Um, and another learning objective is to explain how the creation of HBCUs in the U- United States impacted the educational and professional lives of African Americans nationally and internationally. So there's a lot of um, a lot of different things that are classified as essential knowledge for this topic. But music-wise, I mean, and I'm I think we've talked about this too. See. Y'all can just come over here if y'all live in Florida. Send classical black to y'all people. Um, I'll meet y'all the, in 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 South
0: Carolina. Just come up. No, what's what's above Georgia?
1: We'll meet you um, there.
0: I'm not crossing the border.
1: I, I just meant turn it on. <laughs> um, the Fisk Jubilee st- Singers, um, which were a student choir at Fisk University. Um, introduced the religious and musical tradition of African American spirituals to the global stage during their international tours, and oh, you know what? What was it? I feel like the Fist Jubilee Singers came up recently in, in a Classic Black episode, but
0: yes, yeah, on there, episode two thirty
1: four. Oh, in the in the what's the name episode?
0: The spirituals the episode. We did an episode, we talked about it a couple of times, but most recently, episode 234. Let me see what we talked about. Oh, okay. Um, Because I know,
1: I'm like, we've we definitely, they've come up, it's because of how instrumental they were in the whole bringing Negro spirituals to the masses. We talked about
0: them on Juneteenth.
1: Ah, makes sense. Yeah. Okay. And then next is the New Negro movement and the Harlem Renaissance. And it's like this is a period of time. I mean, we you we've also talked about Urban uh, mentioned the relationship between Market Bonds and um in Langston Hughes. Uh, because there's just a lot of creative synergy going on during the Harlem Renaissance. Why some Renaissance? But um I also feel like this is a period of time that I would love to know more about. But um, the learning objective is to describe the New Negro Movement, emphasize how it uh, emphasized self-definition, racial pride, and cultural innovation. And so obviously a part of that cultural innov- innovation um, was music. So, um, the new Negro movement encouraged African Americans to define their own identity and to advocate for themselves politically in the mix, in the midst of the Nadir's atrocities. And the Nadir is a period of time where race relations was particularly dismal, um, after the emancipation, um, of slavery and the reconstruction where white people had no use for black people anymore and decided they were just going to start killing them. Um... And it was just, like, a particularly terrible time for that. Um, The New Negro Movement also pursued um, the creation of a Black aesthetic, which was reflected in the artistic and cultural achievements of Black creators. And I think that's, like, that's also super important because, like, when people talk about, like, bringing race into music, like, whatever the formation of like musical styles and stuff is is a product of like your environment and so to be in a, a renaissance where so many people from different artistic disciplines are living in close quarters and also you're in the midst of segregation and a lot type of stuff like race cannot be extracted right from the styles of music and art that were developed during this time um. So it also says that the new Negro movement produced innovations in music like blues and jazz, um, art and literature that served as counter narratives to prevailing racial stereotypes. These artistic innovations reflected the migrations of African Americans from the South to urban centers in the North and Midwest. There we go again, because um, people were bringing of course, whatever um, artistic, influences that were from you know where they were from locally and mixing them together just like I mean that happens you know when people were enslaved and coming from are being brought from um all over Africa and other parts of the world um and also I never actually I didn't really even think about that but I guess we think about it in a modern perspective of like how black art defies stereotypes because it's like us writing our own stuff in a way that's accurate to us. But like I never thought about that in relation to the, the Harlem Renaissance and that like, yeah, so much media was just like minstrelsy and like mm-hmm. all this stuff. And I mean, we did that episode too on minstrels, um, black I minstrels. forgot about that. Oh, Yeah. What was that? No, I'm not going back to that. Um, mm. <laughs> oh my god. Um, but this like Renaissance created a whole, like whole swaths of, you know, bodies of work that defied stereotypes, and made it so that you know black people were, were telling their own stories. Okay, so the next one goes all the way what's this unit four
0: and yeah, i of uh, i was like dang y'all i could have mentioned but it's like literally <laughs> talking
1: about yeah everything. it does j- jump uh quite a bit. hold on i'm like scrolling i'm like oh i need to get some of these like this is how are they covering all this is a year long it's a
0: year yeah okay
1: i was about to say
0: it's intense like ap ain't no joke like it's like a chapter it's it's well, it depends on what book they were using, but like AP was... it was like a chapter a day. It was like a unit a month. Like it was crazy. Like it was just very stressful.
1: And that does sound crazy because also I feel like for something that goes so in depth, it's like that is a lot to fit in. I'm like, how in depth can you really go? And any, th- any one of these things could be its own class.
0: Yeah, and it's like what's particular. What I remember being particularly stressful. Um, I mean every AP class has what they do because this is like whatever like an AP Lit, you might read like one book every two weeks Mm -hmm. but like it it just varies Uh, but like AP language it was like what we doing in here we just farting around (laughs) like it's it's felt like whatever but like AP US it was like how in depth can you go but also it has to be in depth you know like that's what and then it's like you're doing two things at once you're preparing for the AP test but you're also taking a class so you you still in, in the midst of all that you still writing papers you mm-hmm. so you had to we do these things like called dbqs you mm-hmm. still gotta you still gotta take a final the finals were cumulative so it's like the first final will be yeah. the first semester and then the second final will be like everything and then mm-hmm. it's like then then we go we got two weeks they preparing you for the ap test you know so it's just like it's very stressful i remember when um, somebody was like
1: um when the COVID thing was going around and Nicki Minaj was saying that her cousin's friend in Trinidad testicles got swollen from the COVID vaccine. Mm-hmm. And it was like, wow, in, in 15 years, Nicki Minaj's cousin's testicles going gonna, to gonna be on an A-push AP, uh, DBQ. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> like, they like, no, for real. They'll be like, explain. That's why, like, people be like, this and that on AP. Like, no, like, you could tell you either... Don't fully understand it, or you don't ever else to understand it. Because that's the cool thing. It's like you have to learn all this knowledge, and then you zoom out. Mm-hmm. And it's like, give an instance of miscommunication, like or like how does social media play in miscommunication? And like that could be that would be a lit DBQ. Like,
1: give I know instance. you said they don't force people to take them, but they are too.
0: Yeah, yeah. I just think it's like they have to. There should be some middle kind of say It's really just the pace. Why mm-hmm. you feel like you just can't? Sometimes
1: you feel like you can't catch your breath. Yeah. Um. Okay. So the arts and the politics of freedom. So this is. I mean, obviously it's gonna be kind of heavy on music, or just arts in general because it's literally the arts. Yeah. But this is. Um. The purpose of this topic is uh, to explain how artists, performers, poets, and musicians of African descent advocated for racial equality and brought international attention to the Black Freedom Movement. One of my favorite topics because, you know, race and music. Um, This is during the Black Freedom Movement of the 20th century, Black artists contributed to the struggle of racial equality through various forms of expression. Their work brought African-American resistance to inequality to global audiences and strengthened similar efforts by Afro-descendants beyond the U.S., Performers like Josephine Baker, an internationally known performer and civil rights activist, critiqued the double standards of an American democracy that maintained segregation while promoting ideals of equality domestically and abroad. Um, also, musicians such as jazz bassist Charles Mingus composed protest songs relying on African-American musical traditions like call and response. Their music drew global attention to white supremacist responses to racial integration in the U.S., and you know what? I'm glad I decided to finish reading all of that before responding because there was some um, stuff that I was gonna I was gonna mention protest songs, and they actually added a new Grammy uh, category for like best song for social justice. Hmm. So, um, I mean, I guess that type of stuff is still um continuing and i mean yeah this is a very interesting unit because like the whole like call and response thing too is something that stuck out in the video that i'm allegedly working on Not allegedly. about it's gospel and hip hop because um because that's reporting. something that shows up in both in my um and i was in nice in both genres because i was sending so.
0: reminders i told you i put it in my calendar and i was sending reminders that you won yesterday I thought you wanted. And so the next week. section. So I just it interesting you said allegedly. I'm waiting for my video. So that's 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 that's, that's that on that. Like where for I'm sitting, there's ten hours left in the day. And what's amazing about that is you got twelve hours left in your day. So you're right. Next one, let's wrap it up. So my video come out. I'm looking forward. I've been looking forward to this for a long time.
1: Um. Mm-hmm. Faith in the sounds <laughs> of the civil rights movement. <laughs> um which um the purpose of which is to explain how faith and in music inspired African Americans to combat continued discrimination during the civil rights movement. Um so it explains that faith and music were important elements and in inspiration and community mobilization in the civil rights movement of the nineteen fifties and nineteen sixties. I should tell you why my video took so long because I covered that too. Oh um, yes, I
0: understand that. I understand that you are very however, however a student and businesswoman, but it's been a month, so I, too, will want to be excited about it. That's the thing. Nah, we supposed to be stacking bread. We supposed to be accountable to each other, and it's crazy that I had to wait for a month. I just, I, and I feel like if I don't do it on a global platform, you're going to keep ignoring me because you ignore my texts. You you thumbs them down.
1: That's not ignoring
0: go to hell
1: actually <laughs> girl some of these videos i'll be hearing people they'll be like it's taking me months to do this video so i mean to be fair they're working i mean i too am working probably not in the same way they are but anyway since many freedom songs it, emerged
0: working? huh you on you, you your old miko thinking it's working thinking it's okay anything?
1: whoa <laughs> many freedom songs emerged through the adaptation of hymns spirituals gospel songs and labor union songs in black churches which had created space for organizing and adapting this broad range of musical genres and this is actually a parallel because i just saw a story about a black church saying like oh, in florida saying like okay we're gonna teach our history oh since okay. y'all not finna do it so like that's actually a crazy parallel was like they're getting rid of this this class is teaching about how churches supplemented a lot of the civil rights um education and mo- and, and organizing that has to happen
0: i wonder if they're gonna counter and be like okay y'all gotta pay taxes
1: yeah, i'm sure they're gonna do something. That, they gonna that, yeah, Face some type what, of backlash it's to and it, it's gonna be very interesting because i feel like we have a lot less unity than we did then solidarity also like I mean times are hard times were harder then, actually so I can't even say times is hard um so I wonder because like then I feel like I mean there were of course people that didn't want to shake the table or whatever then too but I feel like a church facing that sort of thing back then might get a little bit more support from the community than it would today but I would love to be surprised
0: yeah, that's something um, maybe because of the subject matter that we'll get, like why they why and it's also is it this particular churches or are all churches? Because do any does any faith based organization pay taxes? Like a mosque doesn't pay t- taxes either, does it? I
1: don't think No. Yeah. So.
0: the kids are gonna get the information regardless. Like they have they have the world in their in, at their fingertips. It's what they do with the information. That's the issue. And it's also what information are they getting? That, because I saw this girl, I felt so bad, but I'm just like, she she posted the video of somebody soaking a liver in Coca Cola for 24 hours yeah. and being like, this is what happened when you drink Coca Cola. And I'm like, open the schools. Like, y'all beside, not s- I saw that
1: too. I'm like,
0: what? Yeah, I was like, I know everybody can't know everything, but I feel like at a certain point, I'm not even that smart. Like, Okay, did I take an anatomy class? Like, I'm a little biased. I did take anatomy.
1: No, Katie. I'm so sorry. That's common sense.
0: But it's like, because you really don't know what goes on in your body. You just, you just, you don't know what happens in there. Like, basic common sense would even tell you that that wouldn't even, when you drink or eat anything, it doesn't go through the liver. If it's going through the liver, there's a hole somewhere. You got, you have other problems.
1: And it also doesn't, your liver's not submerged in it. (laughs) Like, Like, and also your liver (laughs) is attached to your body. It's not an organ sitting out side of your body in a tub of coca-cola
0: <laughs> it was just so oh dumb and people God. were like yeah see that's why i only drink water i'm just like oh, it's spreading like and it's like i think I'm, I'm so curious about this if i had time i would like study it like we told people to google stuff and now they're googling it and now what because people are like you're wrong because it is part of the gastrointestinal tract and i'm like not really (laughs) i don't okay okay i don't know god bless us all or whatever you believe in
1: this part also mentions freedoms that freedom songs inspired african-americans um many of whom risked their lives as they pressed for equality and freedom these songs unified and renewed activist spirits gave direction through lyrics and communicated their hopes for a more just and inclusive future. So that also, you know, continues the legacy of Negro spirituals, both in, like, the effect of it that, like, they give directions and all that sort of thing, but also, of course, a lot of it being gospel or soul that was derived from gospel that was derived from spirituals, so. um, And then next, one of my Favorite little corners of history: the Black is Beautiful and the Black Arts movements. Um, and the point, the objectives um, for this are to explain how the Black is Beautiful and Black Arts movements influenced influenced Black culture in the nineteen sixties and seventies, and explain how the, uh, both those movements influenced the development of African American studies and ethnic studies. So, the first of all, this whole situation wouldn't be going on without these uh movements. Mm-hmm. Um so it says the black is beautiful and black arts movements emerged in the nineteen sixties. Both movements embraced black beauty and well being and encouraged African Americans to strengthen their connections to Africa. They rejected notions of inferiority and conformity to received uh standards of beauty. Um, so this is when you start seeing I mean, oh I see it has here in the second one where it talked about fashion, this is where you start seeing people wearing dashikis and mm-hmm. afros and stuff like that. Um, it also says pride and black heritage manifested in music, like James Brown, say aloud, I'm black and I'm proud. Um uh, and television and the embrace of ooh a is that how you say that? A adinkra symbols, like the Sankofa bird um let's see what else they got going on the black arts movement which is technically from like 1965 to 1975 um galvanized the work of black artists writers musicians and dramatists who envisioned art as a political tool to achieve black liberation um and they did not espouse a monolithic vision of what black art should be though they unified um, they were unified by the notion that black art was distinct in its inspiration characteristics and purposes and this is exactly why I'm be like when's the next like black renaissance coming because this is kind of like the next one after because so much both in like arts and also just like they said the whole development of African American studies is in this period of time
0: you think we approaching one or you think we in one
1: I feel like I feel like there have been renaissances in, uh, like, sectors. But I don't know if there is one at large. And it's so funny because you think it would be easier for there to be one since sort we're of more connected. But also because of that, I think we're also more, like, sectioned off. I
0: was just about to say, like, we're more – we, you can reach somebody easier, but I feel like we are so, like, in these little silos. You know? Right,
1: because you can – there's so much, like – you can hyper service yourself with your interests, and like, you don't ever have to interact. Like, as classical musicians, we wouldn't, we don't ever have to interact with filmmakers if we don't want to, mm-hmm. or with painters if we don't want to, like, whatever. Like, because it's just your, your own little corner.
0: I'm also wondering, like, when, okay, because I feel like, i can't tell but i feel like we're kind of in one right now but i can't tell if it's because like we do this kind of work but you know like we had we had like insecure beyonce on tour with renaissance like black composers like you know i feel like it's kind of i feel like it's kind of happening a little bit you know what i mean
1: I, don't know. I feel like *Insecure* is a part of a Black Renaissance in television.
0: So you're thinking these as, as like separate?
1: That's what I'm saying. Like, I think it, I think it is because I wouldn't even. I feel like maybe because I see maybe it looks different for us now, but I see it as sort of all of these Renaissance. What they have in common is like collaboration and like things are connected. And to me, like those things are not connected. Like. So that's why I'm, like, I have a hard time, especially because Insecure, like, especially because those don't, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't overlap, but I I don't know. It, I guess maybe it was hard for people to see it then when they were in it.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm, because I'm, like, I wonder if we'll see it, like, after it's done.
1: Mm-hmm. Because
0: it probably was just a bunch of people just in Harlem, writing poetry, and, you know what I mean, like,
1: yeah. Because I do think, yeah, it has to be defined afterwards because then it's like, okay, renaissance is over. You know, like, it yeah. <laughs> I do think our last, our closest thing was, like, the rise of hip-hop because that sparked, it was so new. It sparked so many things. It sparked, what like, hip-hop going into the mainstream and, like, its rise. I think that was our last black renaissance because the hip-hop publications, like, that was a was born out of that mm-hmm. so like so many new writers were coming up so many radio personalities so many like all this type of stuff um it a lot of different um aspects of black culture were were born out of that it was a renaissance in fashion because it was a it, it was influencing streetwear it was influencing media it was influencing radios influencing tv like mm-hmm. i think that that was kind of at the center of our last like true mm. renaissance, but speaking of last, the final um section where music comes up is actually about music, the evolution of African American music, and this is one where I was like, I need to see what they're talking about because Wait, that could I mean got, a lot of things. I got two more. Hmm. There's I got I have two more. Oh.
0: Yeah, the Afrofuturism one.
1: Oh, I didn't see it on here. You have three pages? Mm-hmm. Oh, I only got two. Oh. When you send it to me.
0: I mean, we could. You want to leave it out? Or you want me to send it? No, we should do it. Why don't we send What?
1: That's so weird. Here. Okay. Well, um, so my last one is Evolution of African American Music. Um and I was like, what they mean by this? Because that could mean a lot, especially you know we left off in the '70s, so um, which was dang 50 years ago. Um, it says the learning objective is to explain how African-based musical elements and changing social conditions in the U.S. influenced the evolution of African American music. Um. So. The first part of the essential knowledge is says African American music is a form of expression that blends African and European musical and performative elements. I was like I would like to take this. See what do you mean by that? Like I there are some styles of music where obviously I can see what you mean by that. But like to say African African American music is and then that's the definition. I was kind of like, hmm, okay. Um, it also says African-based musical elements such as improvisation, call and response, syncopation, and the fusion of music with dance shape the sounds, performances, and interpretations of African-American music. These and other cultural elements unite various musical genres throughout the African diaspora, um, also says the African-American musical tradition has influenced and in some places revolutionized international and American musical genres such as blues, jazz, gospel, rhythm and blues, and hip hop. Um, and then lastly, African-Americans changing social conditions, environments, and lived realities influence the evolution and innovation innovations in Black music and performance styles. Contemporary genres such as hip-hop and R&B reflect the cultural, political, and economic developments within Black communities, such just as earlier genres did. So, yeah, that's also in my alleged video, so. I'm excited. This, this, uh, this class seemed lit.
0: Yeah, we do have one more and mm-hmm. if we were trying to think like, should we cut it out or not?
1: But you know, right now we on our Ron DeSantis cutting it right, out. Right.
0: <laughs> okay. So it's it's very brief, but it's um topic uh four point one nine Black Studies, uh Black Futures and Afrofuturism. So the learning objective here is to explain how Afrofuturism envisions black lives in futurist uh futuristic environments and real quick what I really liked about this is because it mentioned Black Panther and it's like how cool is that I feel like the most recent thing I ever read in a textbook like when I was in school was like 2000 like Black Panther just happened you know (laughs) when I was in school the book would go up to like the 90s actually and I was in school in like 2010 2011 so Black Black Panther just came out, and they get to read about that. It kind of makes it feel like a little bit more uh, contextualized. Um, And the specific one that uh, mentions music, uh, the essential essential knowledge is, Afrofuturism is a future-facing, boundless exploration of Black life through the lenses of Black people. It imagines new possibilities for Black people through the intersections of art, music, film, fashion, and literature. Additionally, it ex- expands areas of economics, law, policy, development, and implementation. And then, uh, yeah, it talks about the influence. The influence of Afrofuturism can be found in the performances of artists such as Jimi Hendrix, Herbie Hancock, Janelle Monet, Missy Elliott, and Outkast. Like imagine you down to your little class and you listening to Missy Elliott. Like, that's.
1: when I see in this other one, B.3, where it says "Um, Afrofuturist works date as far back as the early 1900s, but the movement's characteristic works emerged from the 1970s onwards, including the music of Sun Ra and George Clinton. Oh, like,
0: that's y'all that's
1: people. Period. Like, this, this sound lit. Hold on. We'll get down to the high school
0: auditing, sitting at a little desk, auditing. Uh, I would do it. I would love to order I mean, they meet every day, though. That's the problem. I don't know okay. every day, nah. But that's my school. My school did every day, forty minutes. Some people do every other day, ninety minutes. <clears throat> so depend on what you got going on. But I don't. know Maybe we could strong arm Richard to teach us over the summer. <laughs> <laughs> Conceptualize this course, and we want to take it.
1: Let's meet on Zoom. <laughs> that's crazy.
0: Can you imagine?
1: <laughs> Not an on-demand professor.
0: <laughs> but I'm, 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 there's so many things. I mean, there's so many uh, topics we could take from this as well, mm. um, and things. But also Afrofuturism, like that's that's T to me. Like it's just there's stuff there as well. Like when we talk about Renaissance, I feel like. Cause I'm also thinking about like, I've, I've been chewing on this ideas. Like, remember we were having a conversation a couple of months ago about like, there was like a drop off in black TV for a second. And I found out what happened was network executives knew that like, um, like black kids would be at home watching TV and like more black people are owning TVs. So they pandered. That's how we had like all them shows back to back. We had Cosby, we had Hang with Mr. Cooper, we had Different World. Like we had all the. It was like a, it was like a golden age of black TV, and then it, it fell off because they were like, eh, "We gotta do it no more." And what I like about like Abbott, what I like about Insecure, um, it's like Black Panther. It's like I'm not saying that like. A different world didn't serve a purpose. I mean, it did. When I rewatched it, it used to be my favorite show. I kind of pushed it down a little bit because it's like every episode's a lesson. Something traumatic is happening. Like they they have like um, some of the episodes will have like Olivia from the Cosby Show and uh sorry, the other dude Cosby be like, this episode might be better if you watch it with a parent. Like it, it there was a whole lot of those. Maybe like at least three or four. And it's like, what I like about Insecure is just like, it's just a, it's just blackness existing, you know, like, it's just, that's what it is. Like, we just following an Issa and whatever she gets into. And it's not like her blackness doesn't impact her day, but it's not like, it's just for the sake of enjoying it, you know? And I feel like that might even be part of a renaissance too. Like, Abbott is not exactly that because it does focus on, like, disparities of teaching in inner city of Philadelphia, but, like, it's similar like we get to see like the love story between Janine we, we and uh, Gregory like there's some elements so and of they got they got powers and stuff like <laughs> you know it's just people existing
1: mm-hmm.
0: but if you don't have anything else to add we can move on all right y'all it's time for black excellence where we hype you up gas you up and give you your props to so this room for everyone at the top this week I'm talking about South African cellist Abel Hope I'm saying that right saw him on TikTok. I remember
1: I learned how to say it and I said it cuz he was one of my pieces of piece of the week. But it's like salauchi or something like
0: that. Oh. Cool. I saw him on my for you. I'm like, "What you got going on?" He yeah. was like and he <laughs> it was interesting because he sparked a bit of debate among the TikTok girlies because the the musicians it was it was kind of like serendipitous because uh robert was on on twitter talking about music is not universal language at the same time happening on tiktok was this where his video went viral and white music theorists were in the comments trying to figure out like what tempo is it in like what's the what's the time signature whatever and the black people are like chill like it's not whatever like that's not how we organize whatever and like but if fits into something it's like not everything fits into what y'all got going on (laughs) (laughs) like let it go and somebody i mean the the closest thing i caught i didn't remember i'm not a music theorist so i don't and i don't remember learning this but i guess there's like a thing where you can there was some type of time signature where you can have multiple things going on at the same time i don't know and they're like that's the closest thing It's just like some stuff don't be organized some stuff just like and some of the south africans were like is there not a beat here you don't see the beat like it's just a beat very interesting conversation um, going on. But anyway, Abel is redefining the parameters of the cello. He moves seamlessly across a plethora of genres and styles, from collaborations with world musicians to beatboxers to concert, uh, concerto performances, and solo classical recitals. Abel continues retroactive performance with improvisation, singing, and body percussion, and has a special interest in curating recital programs that highlight the links between Western and non-western musical traditions with the view to help class uh to helping classical music reach a more diverse audience 2016 um abel foreign chezeba a trio specializing in music from the african continent including many of his own compositions he enjoys close collaborations with musicians from a medley of genres including uh bernhardt Okay, he likes to collaborate with the girls. I'll link his up uh, bio if you know who they are, um, you know, to happen. He made his solo BBC Proms debut in August 2021, curating a program with the BBC National Orchestra of Wales, Chesaba and Nawa Ensemble. Other highlights of the 2021-2022 season include a tour with the Manchester Collective and the Ch- and Chesba of their new collaboration, The Oracle, Debuts with Saint Paul Chamber Orchestra at Stanford Live and performances both solo with and with Chesba throughout the UK and uh, Europe. Abel is an exclusive recording artist with Warner Classics and his debut album "Where Is Home?" Haki K on uh, the subject of home and refuge will be released Friday. Oh, sorry, out Friday, September twenty third, twenty twenty two. He completed his international department nope international artist diploma at the royal northern college of music in july 2018 alongside his numerous awards and recognition throughout the industry in may 2021 abel was announced as an inaugural power of musician creator participant in the prs foundation's new initiative to address anti-black racism and radical racial disparities in the music sector so shout out to you abel and all the amazing work you are doing yeah,
1: here. He, yeah, he's one of those people. I'm like, I might emerge from my crypt to see him live.
0: I will go cause like, because like it's very exciting what he's doing. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, yeah, I started following him, and he's one of the people on Apple Music Classical. Like they have these things where like they'll have an artist like curate a thing. Like I know Hillary Hahn has one. Mm. Um, but I listened to some of his where he's like talking in the middle of like different stuff um that he curated. Um, so yeah. My piece this week is Montgomery Variations by Michael Bonds.
0: Very T T Bonds, Very Well, congrats. You made it to the end of this program. Thank you so much for listening to Classically Black Podcast off with follow on social media. At Classically Black Podcast, if you have a piece of the suggestion, a black exit suggestion, or an intermittent suggestion, send it to classicallyblackpodcast@gmail.com. If you're black, join ISBM. It's dollars ninety nine. And last year, we talked about um, so nice full circle. We talked about the Harlem Renaissance. That was kind of like uh, our pillar. There will probably not be a convenient, in its typical way, but you'll know more if you sign up. Isblackmusicians.com. Isblackmusicians on social media join the ebony tower um easily it's, it's exclusive everything expensive it's not expensive <laughs> everything exclusive everything exquisite period that's patreon.com slash classically black podcast thank you so much for listening and we will catch y'all next week bye y'all bye